Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. Everybody, we are back and better than ever. And a little on a somber. We're going to start with a somber note today. One, we'll do the quick. Jared won our college fantasy football pool. I don't know if you can call bowl, it fantasy pool, not fantasy bowl pool. Bowl pool. He uh, made all the right picks. We didn't make all the right picks, especially if you listen to our last week's show. Yeah, I thought I had a little bit of a shot after UCF took down Auburn, which. Pat on the back. Great call by me. Well, I don't have any mortgages to offer ever again on this show. With, yeah, with you're, my, you're done with the mortgages. But I'm homeless, literally. But pretty good New Year's Day bowls. I would um, say Michigan ruined the Big Ten shot at perfection. By but you had to expect it. I think Harbaugh is. It's only headed downhill for Michigan. It doesn't sound like a whole lot is coming in. Doesn't sound like they know what's going to go on with quarterback next year. It's not looking good. And they, they've just been pretty stagnant over the past three years, I think. They've been pretty good, but I don't think they've, they've gotten much better. And I remember the start of this year, we were talking them up to be pretty shoo-in for the college football playoff. And, and we were we were wrong there. Yeah. I hope I didn't put my mortgage on that here, game. Here they sit at 8-5 and five to end the year, and uninspiring. Un- it's good like work. Tony Kornheiser, Michael Wilbon. Very uninspiring. Uninspiring. And the game, they just absolutely blew that game to South Carolina. I mean, they could have absolutely trounced 19 them. 19-3 to three at one point. Right. But And 23 unanswered points later, the Big Ten is 7-1 and one in bowl games. Unfortunately. But the Big Ten is not the focus after a long weekend of college football playoffs. We got one of the greatest games, arguably, of all time in the Georgia-Oklahoma game. And then we got one of the staples of what I believe to be college football in that if you beat Nick Saban, you better believe he's coming back with tenfold. He is going to knock you right out. And he threw one of the hardest knockout haymakers I've ever seen against Clemson, winning 24-6. to Yeah, I'm kind of glad I went to bed at halftime of that game because I was debating whether or not I wanted to stay up. Um, but yeah, Clemson never got anything going. And it was. It's easy to put the blame on Kelly, by the way, but I don't even necessarily believe it's all his fault. The line wasn't protecting him long enough. He wasn't having a whole lot of time to dissect plays and get everything figured out. Alabama came out and punched him in the mouth. 
That's what they wanted to they do. Did. They hated the fact they lost last year's national championship on the last play of the game. It's been bitter. It's been in their mouth. They got lucky, obviously. They lost to Auburn, but still made it in the college football playoffs and showed us why they belong. You can make the arguments for the Big Ten, which we started to show off with and everything, that maybe Ohio State was a little bit more deserving than giving credit to because maybe the Big Ten really is this dominant conference that just beats on one another. But Alabama showed it. They took out Clemson. I don't care that they had that loss to Syracuse. I know I harped on that all the way up until the college football playoffs. Clemson was a complete team. Alabama absolutely thrashed them. I thought Clemson was the best team in the nation, honestly, before that game. And Alabama just destroyed them. I mean, and you look at 10 nothing after the first quarter, and they come out and score 14 at the start of the second half. Um, there, there really just not much to say about the game, except it was, that was Alabama staple football. It was just an absolute beatdown. Kelly Bryant, like you said, had no time to throw. Didn't make many plays beside the fact. Um, and I don't even know if Deshaun Watson's in that game, if Clemson wins that game. That's a good point. I don't, I don't know either. I, I, I don't especially know. if it was the same circumstance. That team was just but angry, I, I'm, angry, angry. I wanted Clemson to win. I had them in my pool. But I'm glad that after the talk of whether or not Alabama deserved to be in, I think that kind of righted the ship. That I don't game. even think they were concerned with that. In term, they were more motivated that Dabo Sweeney and some of the Clemson players were bashing the fact that they got in, talking about how they won last year and everything. And they were more motivated just to come out and be like, you got us once, we got you for the second time. I mean, this was kind of the iron match, the uh, grudge match, and they pulled it out. Disappointing it wasn't a better game. We had- But how many of those good games can you get between those two teams? They're in a series... You can't expect every single game to come down to the last play. I don't think it's a better game, though. I I agree. Always wishing for a better game, but I don't think this is the end of this. I think, one, you're going to get Kelly back next year. Deshaun Watson went through his struggles early in his career. I think Kelly will come back stronger, better, more in tune with what's going to happen against an Alabama team like this. This could be two dynasties at the same time. Right, and Clemson, I mean, I think is kind of moved tiers in college football. I think they're in that upper echelon of top five program that gets top five recruits every year. I mean, winning the national championship is Well, I think they're is, is arguably huge. pushing that tier with Alabama where, like, we sit every year knowing Alabama's going to the college football playoffs. Every right. year we say the same thing. I think Clemson's there right now. I think they're a team that's going to rival that and continue to go to the college football playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they've got I mean, they got a great coach. I mean, that's one of the first things you need. And you look at a guy like I Rick love Dabo Sweeney. Um, and you look at, in the NFL, a guy like Bill Belichick, it's a team that is always there when it counts, no matter who's there. I mean, I know Tom Brady's been there for the entire time, but all the other players who've rotated in and out of that of that team, and you look at Clemson with a guy like Deshaun Watson, who's the best player in college football, moving on to Kelly Bryant, this Clemson team was still maybe not as, as good as last year, but they were a top-four team in the nation. Um, and it, it was pretty easy, pretty clear to me. But I think we've, we've gone over that game enough. Now I think we talk about the game that was maybe the best college football game I've ever seen. Maybe. It's, yeah. A it's top there, three? Because we've talked about it. We talked about it earlier this year about awesome games. And that Texas-USC game is up there for one of the best games right. of all time. And I mean, had, Alabama um, and Clemson have played in two of the best right. games of and all time. And then that, that um, Alabama-Auburn Iron Bowl yeah. two years ago, the kick return. This was in the championship last year. But, but this could be the best Rose Bowl. And last year's was pretty damn good. Exactly. I mean, last year's was the Penn State-USC just chuck the ball up and see it go in the end zone game. But this game, heartbreaking for me because I did pick Oklahoma to win the national championship, so I'm done for the year. I do not have any more college football picks for you. I will tell you who I like in the preceding college football championship game. But 
Oklahoma was my team. Baker Mayfield, my guy, still believed to be the quarterback I would take first in this draft. Hands down, no questions asked. If I had any mortgages left, I would bet it on him, but I don't have any, so i got to take that back. It was tough to watch because you see, you see Baker lead the charge to bring that game back to 38-38. They get that fumble return for a touchdown, go up 45-38. And at, after that point, it just looked like there was nothing left to give for this Oklahoma team. Their defense got walked on. Their offense couldn't close. And it led to what inevitably happened, and that was Georgia winning it. Yeah, and, you know, they were up 17 points. Um, I don't think Georgia played. You know, they, they closed hard. Hard. Georgia didn't play a great game, I thought. Especially not on the defensive side of the ball. Right. And Oklahoma, I think, had every opportunity to win this game. But honestly, I think looking back at it now, I think Georgia is a better football team. And I didn't think that before the game started. Like, Oh, trust me, we know. You were <laughs> not a Georgia guy this year. No. <laughs> Georgia has put me in my place where I, where I rightly belong. Um, and they've, they've shut me up. There's nothing I can say anymore. I mean, Jake Fromm... The effort that he showed out there, bringing his team back, back as a freshman, winning in double overtime, I mean, that was, it was one of the coolest things. As a sports fan, I mean, forget about the bowl pool, forget about who I bet on or whatnot. I mean, that was one of the coolest games I have ever seen. You got every I mean, special play in the book. I mean, the blocked yeah. field goal is just kind of... The blocked field goal, it was kind of like the guy was in slow motion because he jumped and then was like in the air for an extra quarter of a second. And that's where he just reached out and tipped his fingers Looked like the Air ball. Jordan swatting the ball. It, it kind of did look like Air Jordan on the ball. And Sony Michelle with the uh, the game-winning touchdown run, it was, it thank, was pretty fitting. Thank God it was a touchdown. I that You could have settled there for the field goal. They did lose some yards on the first play. But thank God it closed with a touchdown. We're going to close this segment real quick, hop back on the Oklahoma game in a moment. This is Sporting Edge at Liberty Talk.fm. Everybody will be back after the break. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. Unfortunately, Oklahoma will not be back on Monday for the national championship game as Georgia put it away. We were talking about the overtime, and as much criticism as you can have on this Georgia defense for allowing the amount of points they did, Raekwon Smith at the end of the game became a new man. Looked like Ray Lewis in a Georgia uniform. Good Lord. Good. Is he unbelievable? <laughs> some, hits, some hits shook the house. There was an earthquake in San Francisco, and I think it was started by a hit from Raycon. That guy is an NFL linebacker. He's ready. 100%. I hope he declares. <laughs> I hope. I mean, and they were talking about how he didn't show up in the first half, but when I, like, as I was watching the second half, he just kept making these. They were man tackles. Man They were Tom Bonnety's tackles. Yeah, and nobody knows who that is, but <laughs> no. in perspective, Ray Lu- or almost like every hit was a Jadavion Clowney hit on that Michigan I mean, guy. He was all over the field making some unbelievable plays, and... Made it when it mattered the most. I mean, that was, I'm trying to think, it was late in the fourth quarter on like a third and one, I believe, um, and he just stuck this guy. I'm not, I'm not big on names in college football, but uh, who, The guy who stuck lost his name. He got hit so hard the name fell off the back of his jersey. So who knew, who knew his name? Yeah. But it was, on, it was impressive, especially the way they closed. And like I mentioned, whether it was fatigue or whether it was this Georgia defense being like, wow, we didn't impress, let's show what we have at the end of the fourth quarter in overtime. I mean, overtime, Oklahoma looked embarrassing. Their offense couldn't move the ball. They weren't even, gonna, they weren't even close to the end zone. And I think that's the tough part. And Georgia, you, just, you felt this hype. You felt this hype. The field goal kicker was been punting, had been kicking off all the game, has been kicking field goals, and you're waiting for that blocked field goal and – Jordan. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield, I mean, first overtime, they had the ball second. Couldn't score a touchdown. Nope. Couldn't get any points in the second overtime. Like, 
They didn't deserve to win that game. They didn't. He needed to go put it in the end zone. Right. In order. I mean, and it Field was, goals were not going to... Everything was set up for Baker Mayfield to continue his story as the guy in college football. There, the story could have continued to be written, yes. And I feel it was a bit of a letdown. And I don't think it should affect his draft stock. I don't nope. care what I people are saying. So. I think he's the he was by far the most efficient quarterback on the board. Statistically... You've, it's been proven year in and so year out. So are you taking out. him over Darnold and Rosen? Oh, yeah. I See, I'm not even the big Rosen or Darnold fan. I'm not a big Rosen fan. They can make the NFL plays, quote-unquote, but they haven't played an NFL game yet, so I don't know. And anybody going to the Cleveland Browns can be made into the worst quarterback of all time. They've drafted 32 quarterbacks in, the most, in a recent decade, so none of them panned out yet. Who knows if these two will pan out? But they got the quarterback whisperer in Hugh Jackson. Who one is one in thirty-one? That is, it's an awesome record. You almost have to like applaud him for one in thirty-one. It's, it's almost hard to do. I mean, the <laughs> NFL. I mean, because the talent pool as you get farther up the ladder kind of kind of shrinks a little bit. I mean, the the guys on each team aren't like drastically better than guys on another team. It's amazing that you can win one game in two years. It's just like it's amazing to go in sixteen in a season. And it, it is. And to not win one time. To not play four solid quarters. Of we football. also played a couple backup quarterbacks. Along the way, Brent Hundley, Landry Jones for Pittsburgh weren't able to win those games. I mean, that how bad does your team have to be when a starting quarterback, which I think is the most quintessential part of any team, isn't even playing against you? I mean, where right. are how how do you fall, like how far far do you falter? I mean, Brent Hundley could arguably be a starter now for the Cleveland Browns because yeah, it's embarrassing how they haven't gotten a quarterback. Brent either. Hundley can win games. Put him in the Browns uniform. Somebody to win a game. At least it's you can not go any lower than they did. I would say right. the only lower you can get is they could be the first team ever to lose two consecutive years without picking up a win. That would be wild. <laughs> like I, I would put almost. I would have to bet my mortgage on them <laughs> winning a game next year because it's just it they haven't won since Christmas of 2016. They had a chance against Pittsburgh too last they, Sunday. They were against Landry Jones, a backup quarterback. No Antonio. No Antonio Brown. Brown. I mean, who on this this Steelers team just like now you bring up the question, does an Alabama team have the ability to beat one of those top Alabama teams? Could they have beaten this Cleveland Brown team? I I'm still on the the side of the NFL on that argument. I've heard a bunch of different sides and honestly I don't know, but I mean, NFL is made up of a bunch of first first and fourth round picks basically. Anyways, but back to our point since we were talking about college quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield I think would struggle in a Brown system. I don't trust them with quarterbacks and young quarterbacks. I would love him to go to a different team. Maybe Starlight in New York. That'd be sweet. They're going to probably pass on him and take Rosen or Darnold. But Baker Mayfield, his legacy is not tarnished for this game. In fact, he still performed at a relatively good pace. Two touchdowns. He did throw one interception. 249 yards. I'm a big Baker Mayfield guy, and I'm excited to see where he goes from there. But Wits, what are we thinking? We got the SEC matchup. We've got Bama, Georgia, and Atlanta. Just when you thought the SEC wasn't the SEC anymore, yeah. Here After, we sit with two teams in the finals. championship. That's it. Which I, I, I think after all I've seen this year, I think these are the two best teams in college football. I would say, I think it would be fair to give UCF a shot in the playoff. It, like if there was Fair. a way to just add on a team for this year, because I want to see them get pummeled by Bama or Georgia. Like I think that's what. Well, it, wasn't Auburn in that? I mean, I know they. You know, they Auburn was missing record. their were starting not, running back. They, Auburn had against just, UCF. Yeah. No, they weren't. Carryon Johnson was playing. Oh well, Petaway was not playing. Regardless, I kind of held Auburn not as good as Alabama and Georgia, but in that similar class, UCF handled them. 
I, and they won. It'd be. This is why I'm saying it'd be interesting. You don't like the whole six team aspect. I do I like the six team. I I think they should expand on it. Give because at this I, rate, bring it. Bring me back to the relegation system. The, the, if we could run college football, me and you would make millions of billions of dollars because we have the perfect formula. But we don't. And because we don't, I think they should open the door, make it six teams, and that six team can be a non-power five team. They do have to, like there can be rules and regulations behind it. They need to feed, finish undefeated, have to have a certain strength of schedule. UCF, I believe, had enough of a strength of schedule to be what would be that sixth spot. So I think they need to open the door for that. That also allows for each conference potentially have a representative. I mean, obviously the conference has to put somebody out that's good. I mean, we were talking about it as well. The Pac-12 is god awful. Just garbage. garbage. I don't even know if they deserve to be a Power 5 conference. I'm fine moving them out and just being the SEC, ACC, Big 12, and the Pac- or Big 10. I mean, USC didn't even get off the bus for that game against Ohio State. UCLA wasn't off the bus. Washington barely played against... Washington State. What? Pummeled. Pummeled. They're not a conference to me. And they had a rough year. They did. And now they're producing the top, arguably three of the top five quarterbacks in the draft with Falk from Washington State, Darnold and Rosen from USC and UCLA. Who knows? But UCF, I think we do have the showing between the two best teams in Georgia and Alabama. But UCF, I, I will vouch for other than the fact they shouldn't have a parade. They shouldn't call themselves national champions because they're not playing in a playoff system. They're not playing two games back-to-back weeks against two of the four best teams in college football. So they're not national champions. I do like Alabama in this game. I am jumping to the point real quick. ESPN likes Alabama. CBS likes Alabama. And Rosenzweig over here likes Alabama. I'm taking Alabama. I think they're angry from last year. And it like it's going to be hard to explain a better dynasty in the history of sports than this Alabama team. When you really look at it and break it down, especially if they win this year, and we were saying this last year in the Clemson game, if they would have beaten Clemson one two in a row, what dynasty they have. I mean, they've been to six finals in the last eight years. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's really no better team in college football. It rivals the Patriots dynasty in the NFL like that. It's it's pretty damn similar. And you look at the makeup. I mean, I know the quarterback, obviously, you only get four years there. But they've never really had a great quarterback. You know, they have, they have guys that they put in there. Running backs, I think, are their bread and butter. I mean, you see it every year. At the end of a blowout loss or a blowout win, in a playoff game at the end of the season, you always see that next freshman running back yeah. who's the next, like, you know, Mark Ingram, the next Derrick Henry, the next Eddie Scarborough. No. <laughs> Eddie Lacy. I mean, just all these guys. Um, but Nick Saban, I mean, is the constant piece in that argument. And that defense has always been. Right. Look, look mean, at the defensive coordinators that they switch out of. Look at the offensive coordinators switch out of. I Like you said, I think Nick Saban's the piece. Nick Saban is the piece, and this is, I think this is going to be one heck of a game. I do like Alabama as well. Yeah, you do. It pains me to say it, um, but I give so much credit to Georgia and Jake Fromm. I mean, what he's been able to do this season, it's unbelievable. And I, and I the, cherry on, yeah, the cherry on top for me was that comeback against Oklahoma because I, I thought he had absolutely no shot to do it, and he did it. Yeah. 54, 102 total points, comes out on top in double overtime. Um I, I worry about this being a similar game to the Alabama Clemson game. You know, if Alabama jumps out to a big lead early, I mean, it's tough to come back on that. It's team. tough to come back, but you know, against Oklahoma, Jake Fromm did come back. But in o- and a Big Twelve defense, that isn't right. It's not nowhere near the same. But he, he showed me that it's possible. It is possible. Do it. So we're riding both Alabamas. We're heading into the break here. Roll Tide. It's going to be tough if you're an Alabama fan. 
to get tickets into this game as Georgia fans are making it tough, rise, raising the price. Donald Trump will be in attendance, so um, everyone be weary of that. He might have his own little political view during the game. This is the Sporting Edge at Liberty Talk. FM, everybody. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report. Bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, the Bubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. I think we beat the nail into the horse's head. I haven't said that in a while. Got it right. I'm glad. It's the first time you ever got it right. I know. I'm glad I got it right on my first try. And I wanted to start with this somber note at the beginning of the show. So I'm going to interject it right now. This is my last show in Chicago. Don't worry. I will still be around. We are going back to the old days when we were on microphones from across the country. I'm moving to the great city of Los Angeles to uh, try to take over the world. And we'll see how that goes. I'm looking. Roz's laboratory over here. It's Roz's laboratory. He's, I'm the, he's the Dexter of California. If you're an actor, if you're a musician, if you're an athlete that needs representation, feel free to come and uh, search Ethan Rose. That's what I go by in my uh, in the entertainment industry. But I'll be out there. Um, haven't gotten emotional yet. I was explaining that before the show. I got very close last night. We went out with the boys, and Jared and Dylan almost got me there. I was close. I held it in. Got to the car. It was okay. Got all the hugs out of the way. Working employees at Belos. I'm no longer working in the restaurant industry here in Chicago, so that's a big loss. Belos is going to miss you. Belos might miss me. I was a great server, great host, but almost lost it there. Almost lost it to one of my longtime friends who I've known since I was two. Haven't lost it yet, but I do have to say goodbye to Xander tonight, so this could be <laughs> this could get interesting after the show. Extra footage. <laughs> we, stay tuned. Stay tuned for some tears on Facebook Live or something. But more importantly... I'm not going to be able to sit with the guys and watch what is the wild card weekend that starts this weekend. And there are some bad. Can I? I've been saying it all year. The NFL has just been bad. The NFL has been bad. Teams have been bad. The league has been bad. There are some bad teams in the playoffs this year, and I don't think anyone should be able to argue it. This Tennessee Titans team, garbage. This yeah. Kansas City Chiefs team, I don't think is very talented either. I mean, start six and zero or five and zero, and then you lose your next six. It's kind of fitting that they're playing each other. It's like, I don't like either of these teams. But one, of, one of them's got to win Saturday. One, one, one of those teams has today. to win. I think, to me, it's pretty apparent. I would go with the Kansas City Chiefs here. I think they... Are you going to take a minus eight and a half? I would take the minus eight and a half. I, that's pretty bold. I understand that. But I think they're just more explosive. And they're going to be home. Arrowhead's always been a tough place to go play. And probably even tougher in the postseason. You, the Titans don't have a Tariq Hill. They don't have a Kareem Hunt. And DeMarco Murray's also out. And DeMarco Murray's out. And that puts a lot of pressure on him, especially Mariota. Interesting tidbit. Every, there's been four quarterbacks that have entered the postseason with more interceptions and touchdowns, all of which have gone 4-0 in their first play, or postseason game. So 
the statistics ha- or the statistics would have it being the Titans win this game, but I don't think Mariota will be able to get it done. Yeah, you know, I, I hate taking an underdog if I don't think I have a chance to win the game, and that's how I feel about the Titans in this game. So I'm going to take the Chiefs also minus eight and a half. Marcus Mariota, I think he's a good quarterback, but didn't really show a lot of progress to me this year. Um, him yeah, and Jameis, he regressed. I just yeah, um, third year. Um, it was it was disappointing for me. I mean, I, I know they made the playoffs; they're nine and seven, but didn't show me a lot. And this Chiefs team, you know, they started off four and zero. They were the best team in the NFL with my hand quotations. Yeah. Um, and here they sit at ten and six. They had a, they had a good end end run to the season. I mean, the middle was kind of rough there, but I think they win this game. I don't know where that leaves them for the next round, but for today, for Saturday, wild card weekend. I think the Chiefs take this one relatively easily. And interesting enough, we I, I give all the props to Hunt earlier and Tariq Hill, who 78 receptions, almost 1,200 yards and 7 touchdowns. Alex Smith threw for 4,000-plus yards this year and 26 touchdowns with only 5 interceptions. So Alex Smith, yes, could be partly to blame, not moving the offense, not moving the ball downfield in the struggle of the late season. Did have a pretty good statistical season. I feel confident about the Chiefs. I think... It'll be a tough matchup. I believe they'll play the Pittsburgh Steelers if they do win. Um, the Chiefs, though, I think it's an easy cover of 8.5. This Titans team just does not look like it matches up. But we're going to move away from this game and go to what I think is going to be the most exciting game, arguably on the NFC side, period. Atlanta at Los Angeles. I might try to sneak a ticket if I can, get into this game. And um, I might still be in the car. <laughs> I might still be in the car because I am driving out to Los Angeles. But this could be my new team. And... Funny enough, in my first, what will be my first full NFL season in Los Angeles, the Green Bay Packers will be attending Los Angeles as well. So keep that in mind, everybody. That Let it be known. Let it be known. So this game, I told you weeks ago that I liked Atlanta to win the Super Bowl. Not totally backtracking on that yet. This discussion might lead to some other picks. But we've got the LA Rams versus the Atlanta Falcons, and I know that's enticing to you as well. Very enticing. I mean, six point spread. By the way, it's hard for me to pick against a team that I have. I think I took them six <laughs> or seven different times. And now, you might have taken them every week. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think they only let me down once. But I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons this game, and I, I hate to play the experience card, but that's what I'm going to do here. <laughs> Ten and six. This team had some struggles this year. They fought, but here they sit as the third team in the NFC South to get into the playoffs. And I think they take down Jared Goff in the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, what an unbelievable season. Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, who I think is the MVP of the league. A lot of arguments about that right now. A lot of arguments. I think he was the most valuable player around. But you look at guys like Jared Goff, Cooper Cup coming out of nowhere, ends up you know having 870 receiving yards and five touchdowns was a Only nice. on 62 receptions. I mean, that will go up. That's a little surprise and delight for, a, for, the, for the Rams this year. Robert Woods came out and Robert got hurt. Robert Woods, Sammy Watkins was yeah, kind of did what he always does, made a couple big plays. Makes a big play here. Wasn't really around that much. He might literally only have the value of making a big play every four games. Right. But I think this is a really interesting game, but I do like the Falcons straight up, so I will, I will definitely take the plus six. Um, but Matt Ryan, I think th- this team's got something to prove. After the twenty eight to three meltdown. Yeah, and by them getting in the postseason, I think they had a nice win week seventeen. I think like I said, I thought I could maybe backtrack because this Rams team, out of the youth that is in the NFC side of the playoffs, was my favorite team. I don't think they got a lucky draw, the fact that they have to go up against Atlanta last year's Super Bowl loser. 
Julio Jones, who I blasted, let that be known. I blasted, and then he went for 40-plus points against me to end my fantasy season. Really did have a good statistical year, even when the targets were down. This was a year down for Julio Jones, yet he finished with 1,400 yards plus, 88 receptions. The three touchdowns is the only issue, two of which came against me. So, yeah, uh, this team, more experienced, like I said, and I think the explosive factor is going to catch up to L.A. Not a bad defense. Give him any time, though, he finds Julio Jones. And yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. And the great thing about the NFL, I mean, if you get in, you got a chance. Yeah. And I think that's what Eli Manning is the king of that. I mean, won two Super Bowls is the wild card. Aaron Rodgers won as the sixth seed. Right. Um, so you just look at the NFL, and that's the beauty of it. You get any team, as long as you, as long as you get a chance to play, um, you got a shot. And I think this Atlanta team, you know, was one good quarter of football away from being the Super Bowl champion last year. So I think they got something they got something to prove this year and I think they take down the Rams opening weekend. We move to Sunday's games and kind of a similar slate. <laughs> one shitty game and one great game. Let's start off with the shitty one. Jacksonville against Buffalo. So, yes. This to me though more exciting than the Tennessee Titans. Chiefs game. A little more there's exciting. There's something about this Buffalo team where I'm like, hey, they've got weapons too that you should be weary of. Calvin Benjamin. And they bro- they busted the playoff McCoy, drought. They, they did. Sean McCoy, I don't think he's going to play though. He might not play. There is no official word on that yet. He st- still might be in. Also a pretty decent season, almost 1,200 yards on the ground. But Leonard Fournette, the rookie, again, once experience here, zero. Neither of these teams know what it's like to be in the postseason. Can't tell you the last time the Jags were in, other than maybe when Byron Leftwich was still quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But it was like back in sixth grade. This for both fan bases, this will be very exciting and very fun, which I think will bring out a very high caliber game. You can look for that in these certain situations. I and you I, know what? I, I had the same feeling. I think the Bills are going to play inspired football. And I think I the don't Jaguars think a very good team. I think the Jaguars will do the same thing. I think this could be High scoring, very close. Come down to the last drive. Maybe Blake Bortles is asked to go on a game-winning drive. I mean, when was the last time either Tyrod Blake Taylor... Blake Bortles, to me, is a poor man's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> sure, and Kirk Cousins is a poor man's everything, everybody else, because yeah. he's a poor man for sure. Um, I like the Jaguars here. I know there's a lot of points to be... Or they're getting a lot of points, I believe. Um, I don't actually have the spread in front of me. I'm Jaguars are minus nine. Right minus now. nine, perfect. That's a lot. I'm, I'm going to go Jaguars. Or actually, I'm going to go Bills plus nine. I like the Jaguars winning this game, though. I think, like I said, high scoring but close. Jacksonville defense at the end of the day is going to be too much. Yeah, you know, that. that's, I think, in, in the NFL, if you have a good defense, I think that that'll always show up. Um, and the Jags defense this year was sick. It was awesome. awesome. And the Bills, you know, I don't think LaShawn McCoy is going to play. I think that that leaves a tough road for Tyrod Taylor, who is, I wouldn't really call him a playmaker. I think he's got a lot of skills, but this is going to be tough. I mean, the Buffalo Bills receiving corps, I think, might be the worst in the NFL production-wise. I know they got a couple of big names. I mean, you look at Kelvin Benjamin. Um, Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews, but they didn't do anything all year. I can I think that goes more on Tyrod Taylor, but maybe whatever you want to call it. I mean, he threw for 2800 yards, you know, not awful, but not great. Not uninspiring. <laughs> Everybody's uninspiring today. Everybody's uninspiring. But I do think the Bills play some inspired football and I, I like them plus 9. But I hate to I hate to keep agreeing with you, but yeah, I do we, think the Jags win this game. Yeah, we're on the same page all around. Table. We'll be on the same page in our last segment here in Chicago. We'll be back after the break, everybody. This is the Sporting Edge at Liberty Talk out of M and AMFM twenty four seven.
What's up? What's up, everybody? Here we are in the last Chicago segment for uh, Mr. Rosenzweig over here. Uh, we got one more game to cover. We've got the Carolina Panthers versus the Saints, so a divisional game. And I'm under the impression that I'm taking New Orleans Saints here. This is also, again, I know that Cam Newton has been to a Super Bowl, but I also know that Drew Brees has won a Super Bowl and has the experience. Love Drew Brees. He's playing passionate. He's coming close to the end of his career. I'm a big Saints guy in this game, that's for sure. Damn it. Same side here. Um, <laughs> I think this game comes down to two players named Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. One of the and biggest, You know I love Alvin Kamara. Yeah. I think probably the, the best two-headed beast of a backfield in the NFL. I mean, Kamara just... I don't want to say he came out of nowhere. I mean, I thought he was a good player, but when Adrian Peterson went over to the Saints at the start of the year, Alvin Kamara, I don't think, was drafted in most fantasy leagues, but ends up coming out. One of the most dynamic running backs, I think, in the game right now. You look at Mark Ingram, probably the most successful running back out of the Alabama Crimson Tide program. Um, And then you got Drew Brees, who is... You know, who is Drew Brees? Who is Drew Brees? I mean, he has 4,000 yards again. Yeah, I mean, it's like clockwork. 4,000 yards every year. Um, only 23 touchdowns, but, I mean, this Saints team played great football all year. And I think they kind of flew under the radar. I mean, you look back at the season 11-5, and five, the defense was a story for them. I mean, they were known for having one of the most atrocious defenses in football. They were, they were be kind, kind of becoming, to me, like the new version of the Peyton Manning Colts. Yeah. Great quarterback could never put it together on defense and no matter how good Drew Brees played just it just didn't matter because they just gave up 50 points a game and let you know for in 500 yards but Saints are playing great football this year and seven points is a lot but I have a feeling this game is going to be more about Cam Newton kind of crapping himself same you know he, he played you, he played pretty good this year you mentioned the defense here but Cam Newton as well as he played 750 yards rushing six rushing touchdowns he was 22 touchdown passes 16 interceptions a lot of picks the guy can turnovers throw. I think turnovers is going to be the story of this game and this defense can capitalize on him I mean the rookie Lattimore has been incredible he's going to arguably win defensive rookie of the year Cam's in for a tough one especially going into New Orleans on the road well the only thing is it is tough to beat a team three times in one year, and that is what New Orleans will have to do in this game. Yeah, that is that is really tough. I mean, look, only sixteen games played. This would be a third time they played each other, but you know, I like I just like the Saints too much. You know, I, I bet on the Panthers a lot this year, and they were pretty successful for me. But I I just don't think they have enough gas left in the tank, and I I I just like New Orleans a lot more in this game, and I think New Orleans. For me, a little bit of a dark horse. I dark horse or not, I would, that was, that was going to be my next point because we got to start picking where we're going in the NFC. And like I said, why I might backtrack last segment was I like Atlanta, but I think that down the line we're going to get that Atlanta New Orleans game in the NFC Championship game. I think whoever goes into Philadelphia, Minnesota or Philly, I think whoever goes into Philadelphia is going to absolutely cream Nick Foles. I don't think there's much of a chance there. It's sad. It was an amazing season. Philadelphia fans should be proud. They should know what they have coming for the next decade ahead of them with Carson Wentz. It's not over for Philadelphia. Atlanta or New Orleans goes in there, outscores them. They're, they have good enough defenses to really put Nick Foles in check. The Vikings, a lot of question marks with Sam Bradford coming back. And I don't think there should have been. I don't even think it should have been mentioned. I think You mean coming back to the playoffs? He, he's healthy. He's been practicing. There has been no... There's, there's no... That's not... As reports said, that he has not totally made a decision. I think Case Keenum is in line to start. 
I don't think it should have even been brought up. I don't. I don't think you should have taken him off the IR. You let him stay no. there because Case Keenum is going to be your guy. But to have it him has come been in all year has been all year. But to have him come back in practice, that's it's a bad sign. It's bad. I, it's bad omen. Bad yeah, omen. I don't disagree. And I think Atlanta, New Orleans, also again. I like, like I said, quarterbacks to me. I know defense wins championships, but a quarterback to me in the NFL is enough to get my vote. You take Drew Brees and Matt Ryan against. Case Keenum, I'm taking Drew Brees and Matt Ryan. I think they're going to go in there and offensively beat them. I know this defense of Minnesota has been unbelievable. We talked about Jacksonville's defense being great. This defense may be 10 times better. I think they are tired. I think they're going to get beat down in a long game. And this omen that we just brought back up, the fact that Sam Bradford and Teddy Bridgewater all are on the roster, not totally ruled out to play. I think it should have been Case Keenum's team the entire way, never another mention, and both of those guys should have stayed on the IR. We'll see how it goes. I think my NFC final is going to be Saints-Falcons, and I still give my edge to the Falcons going back to the Super Bowl. Okay, finally we get a little bit of disagreement because I think Case Keenum is going to take this team to the Super Bowl. Um, He's had a great year, and the defense, I know I keep bringing up defense, but I love this Minnesota Vikings defense. I think they've, they've been the most complete unit in the NFL in my eyes this entire year. So I think they take down New Orleans in the divisional round. I agree with you. I think Atlanta takes down Philadelphia in the divisional round. And I'm looking forward to a great NFC Championship game between the Minnesota Vikings and the Atlanta Falcons. And I think Minnesota, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. You know, I, I know that they are a two seed, but I, I, don't, I just think a lot of people don't believe in this team still just because they're the Vikings and they've got Case Keenum. And there's nothing really exciting about them on top of the fact that they lost Dalvin Cook. But guys like Latavius Murray, Jarek McKinnon, stepping up for him. Adam Thielen had a Pro Bowl year. Stefan Diggs, unbelievable wide receiver. I think they got a great combo there. So I like Minnesota coming out of the NFC. Wow. All the way. All Being the, way. the first team ever to host a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Yep. That's what we're feeling? That's what I'm feeling. Are you putting the Patriots that's up against I'm them? That's what That's what That's what I like that. He's feeling it right now. Anyways... We cover the NFC. We've got our AFC to go over a little bit. We picked Jacksonville to win as well as Kansas City. I just think there's no stopping the inevitable, and the inevitable is the Steelers versus Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Antonio Brown hopefully back for that game. Tough to beat a team twice in the season. I know we said it with the Saints, it's going to be the Panthers three times in the season. Very intriguing AFC Championship game if we get what we want, being the Steelers versus the Patriots. How are you feeling? Mm. How are you feeling? Hmm, how am I feeling? Interesting. It's For me, it's kind of like picking against Alabama. It's just not something you really ever want to do or feel comfortable about. I mean, you look at that game, Pittsburgh versus New England, say what you want about the catch rule. It was a great game. Came down to the last play. Um, I can't go against the Patriots. It's just not... Another Super Bowl with the Patriots in it. I, it just It's like clockwork. Yeah, but here's the... The slight argument I don't think answered by much. Who the hell have they had to beat in the AFC? Ever. Look at this like AFC. Like you said, the NFL's been terrible. Look at this AFC landscape. The Jaguars, the Bills, the Titans, the Chiefs, or any of those teams have a shot at beating the Patriots? The Steelers really only have the best shot, but their defense I don't think is good enough. I There has never been a team that really has rivaled the Patriots, and other James, than Peyton Manning. James Harrison. Two sacks in his first game. Yeah, James Harrison's about to have six sacks. With a subtle, with a subtle Instagram post of his stat line for the game. Subtle. Very subtle. Yeah. Very Let the guys Harrison. know who were trashing him that, hey, 
I could still play. They weren't playing it. I, I'm fine with Harrison doing whatever he does. He explained the whole anthem antic. He explained everything. He wants to play football. Who doesn't want to play football when you're at that level? But the Patriots, I think, have had an easy decade. That's a little tough to say. Or had they just been that much better? The AFC has... I mean, that division they've been a part of has been awful forever. They could go 8-8 eight and eight every year and still make the postseason. I, I agree with you the division has been terrible, but they've had so much terrible. playoff success. I mean, I can't, I can't discount that. I would say the most relevant playoff success is any time they beat Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning, for the last stretch of his career, got the better of Tom Brady in Denver. So, well, Denver's defense got the better of Tom okay. Brady. Okay, but Pey- that, there Peyton you go. Manning That's finally a good wheel- team. Peyton That's- Manning was on a wheelchair. <laughs> not, not one of the years. He threw 55 touchdowns one of the years. The year after. year after, he was wheelchair. Or- they were wheeling him He was off, laying in bed. But he was still better than Brock Osweiler. He, gosh, Brock Osweiler is one of the worst stories of the NFL ever. But that is all the time we have this week, everybody. This has been the Sporting Edge from Sammy Horowitz's room, our studio setup. Unfortunately, the studio will now be cross-country. I'll be in beautiful 70-degree weather while Xander is plowing and chugging through the snow for his Edward Jones job, getting those phone numbers, getting those new clients. Whereas me, I'm hoping to rep Leonardo DiCaprio one day. But that's all the time we've got, everybody. Thank you for listening to the show and follow us on our social media and everything. This is The Sporting Edge. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk events.